Welcome to Canada's podcast. Well, good day, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Rivers Corbett. I am the podcast host, Atlantic Canada region uh, host, and I just wanted to uh, welcome each and every one of you to what is going to be a really exciting conversation. I'm here with uh, with my friend and my colleague, Tracy Bell. Tracy uh, is the co-founder and CEO of Millennia T. And, uh, you know, I was preparing for this conversation and I looked upon her LinkedIn profile and it's the, it's the fourth paragraph that I really love uh, what describes millennia to me pretty, 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 pretty uh, uh, impactfully. So she said it says in this, it's a big job asking consumers to imagine the most consumed beverage in the world after water in a way that they've never considered it before fresh frozen versus dried, but the science is compelling. And so I want to dive right into the journey of Millennia Tea and talk about that beginning stage, because I think somewhere along the line, you're not a tea drinker. Are you a tea drinker or not a tea drinker? So I wasn't. If you go back, it's good to be with you, Rivers. It's good to, it's good to be here with everyone. And, and if you go back to our start, I was a four cup a day coffee girl. Tea yeah. was not in my diet it was not part of my daily routine absolutely so talk about did you did you start with tea before you and your husband uh, started millennia so we the impetus for us the thing that got us going on all of us, on all of this is there was a moment in time and we had a really personal health scare in our family right. And as we were working through that process and learning about things we hadn't previously considered, like free radical damage, tea kept right. coming up. Green tea, matcha, green tea because it's less processed than black tea, matcha because you consume it in full. But we didn't want sort of, we didn't care about tea as tea. We wanted a food as medicine solution to help facilitate a lifestyle to help promote wellness. And so we didn't want sort of a half solution. We learned that the plant was really, really nutritious in its raw form. And right. so we weren't even looking at it as tea. We were looking at it as a plant that could help promote wellness and prevent and fight illness. So that's where it started for us. And that's probably why we looked at it with a lens that's completely different from the rest of the industry, because we weren't looking at it for enjoyment, we were looking at it for function, and it just happens to be really enjoyable when you consume it in its real raw form. <laughs> and so, the did it contribute to the uh, the benefit of the health scare that you were going through? Absolutely. So we so we started as soon as we started learning these things, we switched to the highest quality teas and matchas that were available on the market. While we spent the next three years figuring out how we were going to go to market with a process with a product and a process that was different right. that maximized the antioxidant. So our pat our process, if you will, is is patented in Canada and in the US for maximizing antioxidants in tea leaf. Um, but to your point, when you pointed out that little sentence in talking about my company structure is something we've learned along the way that we didn't think about really out of the gate is we're like, people know tea is good for you. We're gonna we're going to share it in this novel new way that really maximizes its benefit. Um, but didn't occur to us that when I say green tea, you get a picture in your mind's eye. But when I say frozen edible tea that you're not going to find in the tea aisle, you're going to find us in the freezer and you're not going to steep it. 
You can, you absolutely can. I do right. every day, but we're going to encourage you to throw it in your smoothie and consider it food. All of a sudden there's no image. There's no image that comes into your mind and you're like, right. and there's no frozen tea aisle. So where do I find it in the store? And so the work of getting people to consider something they've never considered before, even when it's the most consumed beverage in the world, perhaps especially when it's the most consumed beverage in the world, is our work. And, and that's the fun part for me, but it's an enormous challenge, obviously. Yeah, because you've got a you've got a communications background. And uh, so that would fit in there very nicely. So give us some of the tricks of the trade. Tracy, what are you doing to uh, get get attention? Oh my gosh. So I this is a continuous journey for me. And I will say that once you start down the road of business, sometimes you sacrifice the thing that you love the most because it's not the thing that you think your business needs at that moment. For me, it's storytelling and it mm. was that communications piece. And I was like, God, me telling stories and me doing a narrative, even though we have this great story to tell, I don't think it's the most important function for me as we try and get a product to market and introduce people to it. I think we should go to the tactics, the tactics of the trade. Let's work on social this and social that and influencer this and paid ad spend that. And that's fine. That'll get you to a certain point. But the thing that I'm learning now that I wish I had implemented from the very start, one, because it would have brought more joy to the journey for me. And mm. two, because I think it would have served my company well, is right. to do the thing that lights you up, that you're good at. For me, it is writing, communicating, storytelling. That's the thing that, that like connection lights me up. And I wish I'd connected deeply and individually from the very start instead of getting lost in what I think business should look like. Because now I'm going back and rediscovering that and spending the time on it because only now, five years after we started, is it crystal clear to me that storytelling, to answer your question, I think is the most powerful thing we can mm -hmm. do in terms of the trade in order to get 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 the word out about what we're doing is to not get lost in the tactics, but to get really clear about what's the good you want to do in the world. And I don't say that to mean we all need to have a global mission. I just mean, what's your just cause? What's the thing you care about outside right. of your product or your service, like as a right. human being? And then how can you work that into your business. And what I'm learning is that people connect with people. So this to go to go full circle is it's a slower, it's a longer, it's not a hockey stick overnight method. But when people connect with people, if you become a real person for your company as a founder or as a as, as a leader within the organization, that all of a sudden the connections you make and the the viralness of your organization is going to catch fire and you're going to that word of mouth piece that we all desire that is the most powerful form of marketing and sales all of a sudden word of mouth becomes a real thing because people they're vying for you because you're the underdog or they're mm -hmm. vying for you because you're on this great quest going somewhere and we all want to be part of that journey so that was a really long-winded way of saying that's the piece is what is your story and how can you tell it in a way that's going to connect human to human. 
Well, if we had uh, just this amount of time, I think the podcast would be very successful based on what you just said. So, so good, good, good for you all around. Well, as a, as the CEO of Millennia T, um, you know, tell us tell us a bit about because we've got entrepreneurs from across the country are leaning in. Tell us a bit about you know those those um, uh, uh, tips if you want to call them. Uh, running a successful business from the outside in. It's always successful from the inside out. It's always sometimes there's pulling hair. But the fact is, is that there still are some some things that you would have experienced along the journey in the last five years that have been very important to implementing or not doing again in regards to your company. Can you talk about some of those? Yeah, so I think early on, we think about the things that we all know, right? You, you need to have your values and your mission and your big, hairy, audacious goals. And we all say those things, but then I think we get away from them in the figuring out how to go to market strategy, making right. sure you've got a product that is mm-hmm. consistent and scalable, or you've got a service that, that works and checks the boxes. But what I'm learning now that we're a little bit further into it is that I made decisions that perhaps did not align fully with the values that I said I held in those early days because I was trying to get somewhere and I was trying to follow a formula that I thought you needed to follow in business. Now we're going back and we're like, no, no, no. Company culture values those things that sound so floofy. Mm. They actually, if you put them at the center when you get offside of them, and I think we all probably do, but as long as those are at the forefront of your decision-making, when you get offside of them, you realize it quickly. And then as soon as you realize it, you're like, oh, this decision, this hiring decision perhaps is offside with the culture that I have, and I can see it's going to compromise the rest of my team. Fix it, fix it, fix it. Or we are partnering with this new supplier but something feels off with that supplier because they need to be a fit as well to the kind of company that you're building. Because these days, the entire supply chain, straight from your producer, manufacturer, if you're, if you're in a product business, um, straight through to the end consumer has to be a fit. And I'm learning that it's okay not to be everything to everyone. Mm. That if you're living your authentic Self as a business, you are going to be polarizing to some people. And if you're not polarizing, if you're not off-putting to a certain group of people, then you're probably not, you're probably being trying to be too, too much of everything to everyone instead of getting in your niche. And when you get in that niche, I think that's where you start to see the real traction and that's where your business takes off. How do you uh, how do you bring the message of your values and your mission to your partners and to uh, to your staff, uh, your teammates? Uh, what's what's the strategy you use to make sure that's just not words on paper? So I think if we've done a good job of that, then when when we're going out and looking for staff and they're applying, we're going to give them something that's going to tell them about our company so that when they read that document, because that document's like our vision, it talks about what we stand for. It talks about where we're going. It paints a picture of the future. And when they apply for a job and we send that back to them, they're either going to see themselves in our company and be a hell yes, or Mm -hmm. 
they're going to read that and be like, oh, oh no. And it's going to turn them right off. And so that is important and that's okay. And that's the thing. It's all okay. It's not about liking or disliking. It's that you're just not a fit for everyone. And that's just fine. Um, And so the part of clearly communicating who you are, what you believe in and painting a picture of the future that you're headed toward will Mm -hmm. attract or, or, or repel people before they start with you. The other part that has worked really well for us is our people that we have. If you're in the early stages, you're a small team, then your own staff are going to live a certain, they're going to live your brand online. And so when you scope me out on LinkedIn or on social media, as well as the rest of my team, because it's clear who works for us, you're going to get a real sense of whether you fit or not. And the other thing that we do is we don't just, it's not just me who makes hiring decisions. Um, it's, it's other people so that they should, I believe they should see the value, see your values in real life as soon as they walk into your space, if it's right. a physical space. And if it's not, it should be really clear when you jump on a call, my team's going to look different than other teams just because of the, the tone that we have. So does, uh, do you, with your team, uh, do you help them write their LinkedIn profile as an example? Or do you uh, say, go write it and then let me check it out? No. So neither of those. Okay. Um, neither of those, because if I've brought on the right people, I'm going to read theirs and I'm going to want to steal something from that and be like, oh, Becca, I love that. Let me apply it because I believe fully that what she's putting out on social is going to be aligned with what we, what we are. So I don't even need to check it. That's so cool. That's so cool. How big is your team now? We're eight. Nice. Nice eight stuff. Today. Nice, yeah. nice size. Nice size. All based out of St. John, New Brunswick, by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for those people who are wondering where in the great region of Atlanta, Canada, um, that uh, Millennia is based in, based out of St. John, doing the world scene. Uh, That's awesome stuff. Um, talk about, if we could, uh, Tracy, let's talk about um, your online sales strategy and your distributor, sorry, your partnership strategy. And let's dive into that one for a, se- for a second, because you just, you're, you're, you're into the Sobe stores. How did you get that to happen for other people yeah. that are leaning in and saying, okay, how do you make that happen? Yeah, yeah. So if you're in the CPG or the food and beverage game, um, then getting big accounts is something that doesn't happen overnight. And really, it's through your through your partners. Um, so making sure that you have the right distributor partner, because an account like Sobeys or an account like Loblaws, your big guys, an account like Whole Foods, they have preferred distributors that they want to work with. So making sure that you've got the right partner that links in well with who they like to do business with is part of it. Um, In my space, a sales broker, which is an external sales agent that speaks on behalf of your company, the reason you'd have one of those is they know the buyers really well. And buyers are like, they're like protected in big grocery and retail. And I expect in some other industries, they're not super active in public spaces and they they hide their tags when they're at trade shows because everyone wants to like be yes. with them and pitch them all the time. And so that's the benefit of a broker is 
usually they've spent the time to, to create those connections and to make those relationships. They know the game usually better than the brand owner. So that's a, a tactic to get into grocery. Or sometimes you just luck out. And I believe fully in luck. I think that lady luck shows up when preparation meets opportunity. And so right. there are times where you're just going to pick up the phone, you're going to call someone and you're going to get through or they're going to find you through another connection. And so I really do think that connections and using a tool like LinkedIn to build your, your network and your professional relationships is really valuable. Um, and then if you swap to the online side, so we do yes. about 80% of our business comes in the, the, the retail space, the wholesale, the distributor sales, mm -hmm. and then about 20% of our business is online. Online is a challenge for companies that are temperature sensitive. We are, we're a frozen product, mm -hmm. but super valuable because that's how you get your direct line into the consumer. That's how you learn about your target demographic. That's how you figure out who's the person who's going to be an everyday consumer of my product or service. And how can I learn about them? How can I figure out what's important to them? How can I get feedback from them? We did over the last three or four months, we did over 400 interviews directly with customers to, to learn and to get better. And you can only do that when you've got a line into your customer, i.e. an e-commerce sale. And that's where you can make the that's where you can go and above to surprise and delight consumers. I think surprise and delight in the process, everyone has a certain expectation of how mm -hmm. purchasing online will go. And so I think my friend, Gary Maxwell, who we're doing a project with, he's the author of Big Little Legends, great, great resource. He says, when everyone zigs, you zag. If you have a certain expectation of how it's gonna go online, let's find a way to surprise and delight you and to give you something extra personal which is going to create a word of mouth experience. So you're going to want to tell people about this neat experience that you had with a brand such as ours or any others. Very interesting. That's, that's very interesting. I'm a big, behavior, a big fan of that. Uh, you zag what everybody else seeks. And uh, so, so good, good for gear. I don't know if he thought of it first or me, but as long as it's getting used, that's the main thing, right? I love it. I don't I love it. I feel like I've heard you say that before too. I have said it before, yeah. So when you're saying it, I was like, no, he doesn't say it. He doesn't he does. say that. I say That's that. yours. That's yours. I take it back. <laughs> that was just that. my most recent reference. Uh, Gary's a good man, and uh, you know, as they say, as long as it's being used, that's the key. Because yeah. it's so there's so much truth be uh, behind that. So talk a bit about uh, you know the next five years for Millennia, based out of St. John, and if you can talk a bit about how you, you know, what's your, what's your overall impression of doing business in, in Atlantic Canada? That would be great too. But uh, yeah, what's the next best steps for you folks? So interesting that you mentioned that. I just happened to have some little bottles here that just happened to be in front of me because we, we produced them yesterday. So for us, we are in a phase of innovation. So frozen edible tea cubes is my primary product. Now we're looking at how can we still do something super novel and new, but expand on it, collaborate with other companies? So this company, Superfruit Puree, another Atlantic Canadian company based in Montague, PEI of all places. Nice. Um, uber, uber healthy products. So looking at other superfood companies who have really cool missions and direct lines into consumers that are interesting to us, taking frozen tea 
and showcasing it in different ways that still add value and increase convenience is good for us, certainly in terms of geography. So the, the two big ones are product extension, so growing our innovation. And the second one is new new geographies and a sales channel. So, nice. um, so expanding, we have plans to be in the US in the coming months. I'm in Philadelphia um, in the coming weeks at the big health food show there. And so finding out the best market to take our innovation and uh, and scale it in a new geography. We have great distribution, great partners in Canada now. So that's the that's the next step. Um, and just continuing to continuing to tell the story. So I'm not out to sort of fix some big global problem. There is no health crisis that I'm trying to like avert. Right. Um, I want to. So my reason for being is I want to family by family, person by person, human being by human being, impact people's way lives in a way that makes them feel more energetic, have more energy, feel better because of what they've put in their body so that they can have better moments. And by having better moments, they can connect more meaningfully with the people to do the things that are important to them. And so just continuing to get the word out and tell the story and do business with incredible people. We have partners in Sri Lanka. We source from the mountains in central Sri Lanka. And there's this incredible farmers cooperative led by a woman, which is in that part of the world that's going through an economic crisis like they never have before. Like there's some pretty special things there. And so meeting amazing people, getting to learn from them. I see myself as a, a bit of a tutor. I'm not an expert. And, and I'm not a student in that I want to meet incredible people. I want to learn what they have to teach me. And then I want to share it because one, I'm going to absorb it better. And two, there's so much goodness to be able to create and communities in which to share it. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I, I love the, um, the, the, the community piece. And let's bring it down to a smaller community. What do you and your family talk about around the kitchen table? Oh, my gosh. So right now we talk about... <laughs> the summer and how we want the summer to come back and we wish it were longer um <laughs> but just we're, we're we're just like everyone else we are diving into what are the what's the weekly schedule look like what extracurriculars look like we've got a 15 year old and a 12 almost 12 year old and mm. so we're very much on with our teenager figuring out what are you curious about what are the things that you can start to get involved in to develop some passion um, our son is very much into bees, so we spend a lot of time talking about bees and beeswax and honey um, wow, around cool. the table. So that's, that's so cool. I don't know. I, I don't know how good an answer that is, but that's what comes up. For that's me right that's now. the answer. It's stuff that's important to the family. You're still doing yeah. the customer service business, even with your kids, and that's pretty cool stuff. Always. Well, Tracy, this has been an amazing conversation. Uh, uh, thank you so much for being on the Canada's podcast today. Can you just give us, uh, you know, what is what is the website address to get a hold of Millennia? And also, uh, how do people hang out with you? Yeah, for sure. So my company website is www.millenniat.com. So M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-C-E-A.com. Um, my cell phone is 506-866-0049. I say that not to be funny, but people have been so good with giving me their time. Um, and 
you know, entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. If anyone ever needs to pick up the phone mm-hmm. and have a quick conversation, that's how you get me. And I'm Tracy.bell at millennia.com. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Tracy. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a real privilege to continue to have the opportunity to talk to you. And uh, yeah, if you could just hold on for just a quick second at the end, I just got one or two things I got to get from you. So everybody, this is Tracy Bell. She's the uh, co-founder and CEO of Millennia T and uh, just running an amazing story. So you're building the story, you're telling it. And actually now you're starting to uh, shine the rough edges so we can all get a better understanding of the story that you're on. So thank you for everything you're doing uh, in our community and uh, to for health and all those kinds of wonderful things. Uh, and and uh, we'll look forward to the next time. Thanks for the good you do too, Rivers. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you.